I'd like to quickly take a moment of pastoral privilege and to any of our children and youth who are still in here. I have to tell you, Pastor Micah and I are so proud of you guys. And we're blown away every Sunday by what y'all do. And I'm glad that our whole congregation got a chance today to get a peek at it. Y'all are amazing. With that, our scriptural text for today comes from, of course, the book of Genesis, chapter 32, verses 22 to 32. Hear now the word of God. The same night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok River. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So the man said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, But no longer will you be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have wrestled with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the thigh muscle that is in the hip socket, because he struck Jacob on the hip socket at the thigh muscle. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our story this week is a little departure from the rest of our family drama series. It zooms in on just one individual, Jacob. We've talked about Jacob's parents. We've talked about Jacob and his brother Esau. This story isn't really about them. It's about this private crisis in the middle of a mess of family drama. And I think this story is the most important of Jacob's entire life. There are these moments that come along in each of our lives, forks in the road, a decision to be made. Not a decision like, what's for breakfast today? Not even a significant decision like, should I apply for that job or should we look for a new house? These decisions come along once in a long while, years in between. And the decision is so important because Jacob isn't just deciding what he's going to do. He's deciding who he's going to be. I was that person, but no longer. Jacob's story actually begins many years earlier, though. When Jacob is born, he's born holding onto his brother's heel, which is where he gets his name. His name literally means heel grabber, which bullying surely ensued. For Jacob, it becomes who he is. He grabs people's heels. And picture that. Actually picture that. It's such a vivid image. He's the guy who grabs people's heels. If you spend your life grabbing people's heels, that means they're going to make a lot of your decisions for you. They'll drag you around and you follow grabbing their heel. You bide your time getting dragged through the dirt and then you trip them and take all their stuff. 
that's what his name means. He's a hustler. Jacob, the guy who grabs people's heels, follows them around, and then takes their stuff. The hustler. The kicker is, he's also a coward. His first hustle is his own brother, Esau. He lives in Esau's shadow for years, the loser brother, and then he tricks Esau and literally steals Esau's entire inheritance, which obviously leads to some conflict, namely his brother wanting to kill him because Jacob took all his stuff. So Jacob runs away, packs up and runs away, looking for another heel to grab. His second hustle is his father-in-law, Laban, which is bold. Jacob starts off with, can I marry your daughter? She's so beautiful. And Laban says, sure, just work for me for seven years and she's all yours. Seven years later, Laban says, ah, sorry, you have to marry my other daughter instead. The hustler just got hustled. But don't forget, he's also a coward. So he just takes it. It's like, well, if I work for another seven, can I marry the other daughter too? What? So now he's got two wives and their sisters. And I'll give you one guess on whether that living arrangement ever led to some family drama. But Jacob, he's a coward. He just pretends that that's totally normal. Never takes responsibility. He's too busy hustling his father-in-law. And Jacob manages to trick Laban into giving him most of his flocks, hundreds of goats and cattle. So Laban and his sons get ready to kill Jacob, which is a theme in Jacob's life. And Jacob runs away, which is the other theme. His wife's father, and you heard me correctly, plural, wife's father, he tricks that guy out of his flocks and then runs. That's all Jacob does. He grabs onto someone, and he hustles them, and then he runs. That's who he is. Jacob the coward, Jacob the hustler, Jacob the heel grabber. But this time God tells him where to run. He tells Jacob to run back home to his family, to the brother who probably still wants to kill him. And for some reason, Jacob does. Today's Bible story takes place while Jacob is running. Unlike every other time he's run, this time he's running toward conflict. He is one day from his brother's camp. The brother, he has every reason to believe, still wants to kill him. The story comes the day before Jacob has to face the music. The day before he gets to the camp, he might die. At the very least, Esau is surely going to mess him up. So he has this thing looming over him. Picture that scene. This thing, tomorrow I face the music. Tomorrow my brother might kill me. But he has this other thing looming over him too. Because Jacob has to make a choice. Every other time in his life that he's been in this situation, that he has to face conflict, he's run away. He did it with his brother, twice with his father-in-law, with his wives. Jacob has realized that he is a coward. It's who he is. He's a hustler and a coward. Ever had that moment? You wake up and realize, that's me. Jacob woke up and realized he was a heel grabber, a hustler, and a coward. When I was at Princeton, I had this spell of major depression. It felt like it just wouldn't end. Months turned into months, and the more depressed I got, the more I retreated from my friends, from my family. The more I retreated, the more depressed I got, and the cycle continued. I fell off the map. I didn't return phone calls. I actually intentionally lost my cell phone. 
I would take my lunch and go and eat it in my room. I felt so anxious about my email inbox, I wouldn't open my computer. And then I woke up one day and realized, this is who I am. I'm so depressed that I live in my room. I can't even check my emails. I intentionally lost my cell phone. And I had to make a choice. Is this who I'm going to be? Ever had that moment? You realize, I'm the guy who missed my kid's first step, first words, sports, recitals, because I was working. That's who I am. I'm the girl who says how much I love people to their face and rips them apart behind their back. That's who I am. I've been living for the last 10, 20, 30, 50, 60 years and don't feel like I have anything to show for it. That's who I am. I'm that person. That's who I am. Sometimes sometimes this moment is called a midlife crisis, but it doesn't discriminate. It's also most of being a teenager. Or maybe it's just Tuesday. You woke up and realized, that's who I am. Jacob has that moment. He's realized that his whole life he's been a coward. The next day he has to face the music, and that moment right here is his last chance to run. But it's also a chance to decide who he's going to be. And on that dark night, someone comes to wrestle with him. And they wrestle through the night, and Jacob doesn't run. As the sun comes up, Jacob realizes that that someone was God. And God looks at him and says, let me go, for the day is breaking. The day is breaking. You know what that means. It's Jacob's absolute last chance to run. It's his last chance to settle for who he's always been. And instead, locked into this fight with God, he finds from somewhere inside himself the courage to say, I will not let you go unless you bless me. All the courage he has to grab onto God and refuse to let go. And God looks at him and says, Who are you? And he replies, Jacob, also known as the guy who grabs people's heels also known as the hustler, also known as the coward. I'm that guy. And that's true. That's who he was and that's who he is, except that the person he grabbed onto isn't just anyone. It's God. Jacob has changed his grip and grabbed onto God. And God looks at him and says, You were Jacob, but no longer. Now, Your name is Israel. I heard the story, and I guess it's not just a story, it's a testimony of a father. And he was crying in public as he shared how in his younger years he traveled for weeks and months at a time for business, leaving his wife and kids at home. He did whatever the company asked him in pursuit of a bigger commission, and he woke up one day and realized that he had missed his kids' first steps, the recitals, the sports games. And then he was on this spiritual retreat, and God grabbed him and said, Who are you? And he grabbed back and said, Please bless me. And God told him, That's who you were, but no longer. I was helping with this worship service at a homeless shelter, and this man stood up to give a testimony, and I can still picture the whole scene. He said, I know a lot of the people sitting in these pews, and I've done drugs with a lot of you. 
And I was always feeling sorry for myself and angry at the world. And I heard someone yell, sit down, no one cares. And he kept going about how one day in that very chapel, and he pointed to the very pew, God grabbed him and said, who are you? And this guy grabbed back and said, please bless me. And God told him, that's who you were, but no longer. But no longer. Jacob holds on to God and says, I will not let go until you bless me, because he is tired of being that. And he's tried changing himself. It feels like his whole life has been leading to this single moment. Who will Jacob be? He's tried just being better. He's tried trying harder. He's tried all of that. But his family deserves better. He deserves better. God certainly deserves better. So he tries something new. You know that God's people are named the Israelites because of this moment. Israel means something particular. It doesn't mean the ones who are faithful. It doesn't mean the ones who believe. It doesn't mean the ones who have it together. It does not mean the beautiful ones. It means the ones who wrestle with God. It's at the heart of being faithful. Being faithful for us isn't a side gig. It's not a thing you do sometimes. For us, being faithful to our God, to the God of Jacob, is deciding that's who you were, but you can't be that anymore. There has to be more, more to life, more to who you are, and you are hoping from somewhere in your gut that that more is God. So you grab on and you yell, I will not let go until you bless me. You know, after Jacob demands a blessing, he leaves with two things. During the fight, God strikes him on the hip, and Jacob limps for the rest of his life. It's the first thing he leaves with, a reminder forever of how he wrestled with God. A limp looks like weakness. It looks like something that's wrong with you. After all, with a limp, the hustler can no longer hustle. It looks like Jacob lost, but it's not Jacob who's limping. It's not the cheater. It's not the runner. It's Israel who wrestles with God. He leaves with a limp that becomes his testimony. That father I mentioned, he left that retreat and he took a pay cut and a demotion to stay at home. He had to reassess his retirement and his family's lifestyle. He left limping. That homeless man, when I saw him, he was still homeless, and now he didn't have drugs to numb the disappointment, the anger, the shame. He left limping, but that limping became their testimony. For me, this story is everything. When I was depressed at school, losing my phone, hiding my email, eating in my room, I had this moment. God grabbed me. And I grabbed God back, and I said, I have nothing left, but I am not letting you go until you bless me. And God dragged me out of my room and back to work, to class, to see my friends, dragged me kicking and screaming, compelled me to ask out this pushy redhead that became his accomplice and later my wife, God did that. I limped the whole way. But that limp was my testimony. And it still is. 
I was depressed. Sometimes I still am, but that's not my name anymore. I was Jacob, but no longer, but no longer, no longer. Now I am someone who wrestles with God. Don't wait to grab onto God. Don't wait to change your grip. Grab onto God's heel and do it now. And don't let go. I am daring you to let God drag you, kicking and screaming into your new name, into your new identity of being a heel grabber. Jacob walked to what he expected to be his own execution. A true crisis of faith. All I am is a hustler, but he wouldn't let go until God blessed him. And you can't either. I'm not letting go until you bless me. Jacob became Israel. I got a wife. I don't know what blessing God has for you, but I know I know you will hear. That's who you were, but no longer, but no longer, no longer. Now you're someone who wrestles with God. Let us pray. God, we are amazed by the courage of Jacob that on the night of what he expected to be his execution, he grabbed onto you and refused to let go. Lord, we ask that by your spirit, you would give us the strength to do the same, that we might grab onto you and you might change our name. Pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.